The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. 3-1. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. That's a great psalms. Praise from the upright is a beautiful thing. Psalms 105.3. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek after the Lord. And Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. As we look, and we could go on and on 257 different times, we're encouraged to rejoice, and surely God wants His people to rejoice. God seriously wants His people to rejoice and to rejoice in Him. So Psalms 100, it gives us some great requirements to do that, and we're going to look at those this morning. The first requirement in verse 1 is to shout to the Lord are to make a joyful sound unto the Lord. The, the, uh, the King James Version says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Now, it's interesting, that verse, I've misquoted that verse a lot, and I'm going to guess you have, because we usually say, well, you know, the Bible just says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Well, that word shout or that word noise is kind of an interesting word if you go and you study that word. The original picture is to break something or to split something. That's what that actually means. It's, it's something that, that he's talking about, an ear-splitting noise. If y'all hear that this morning, I, my, little, my little cotton ball fell off up here. I don't know what happened to it. So uh, every time I look down, I'm going to get a... But uh, that's okay. Uh, that just that just wake you up and, and remind you to listen. So he's talking about an ear-splitting noise. Now, listen to what the definition of that word is there, where it says this joyful shout or this joyful noise. The actual word means to split something such as the ears with a, grout, with a great sound, or it's to blow a horn, blow an alarm, or shout an alarm, or something joyful. So when you read that, that that word, it's the same word that we find over in Joshua chapter 6, verse 16, where the, the, they go and fight the battle of Jericho. And, the, and uh, the seventh time, here's Joshua chapter 6, it says, And the seventh time it was so, and the priests blew their trumpets, and Joshua said to the people, Shout! For the Lord has given you the city. That's the same word that's used there. So the people shouted, and the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted out with great joy, and the wall fell down flat, and the people went into the city, and every man straight before him, and they took the city. So when we read that, make a joyful shout to you, to the Lord, all you lands, that's what we have. We have that same word that, that, that's a shout for joy. Have you ever shouted for joy? Have you ever just shouted for joy? Maybe, maybe you saw the, the game-winning home run hit and you, you shouted for joy. Or maybe you, you saw the, the perfect pass caught for a, a winning touchdown and you shouted for joy. Well, you know that I'm, I'm pretty reserved at, at ball games if you've ever been there. Debbie and... Uh, so I end up behind the microphone somehow with my country twang. And a couple of years ago, we were in a football game, and we were on defense. And 
we were going, they were going down the field and we were defending them. And my problem is I, I talk a lot in the, in the press box. And, uh, and every time I say something, I turn the mic on. And when I get through, I turn the mic off. Well, there's been a few times I forgot to turn the mic off. And even one time I said something about the cheerleaders. And Denise went, your mic's on. <laughs> I said, oh boy, here comes the cheerleaders again. <laughs> you know, like that. But the, the reason I just started playing a song, I didn't mean nothing against the cheerleaders. I just had just started playing a song and I had to stop. I went, oh boy, here comes the cheerleaders again. And I stopped the song. But, but in this particular play... If you were there, you may remember it. I hate going to a football game and the other announcer being all one-sided. Don't that aggravate you? You know, your team never does anything good, and their, t- their, their team does their. So I try to keep it right in the middle of the road with the mic off. Now, when the mic's on, I mean, when the mic's on, but when the mic's off, I, I lean one way. But, but this is happening, the play's happening, and their quarterback throws a, a pass, and, and we intercept it. And do y'all know what a crackback block is? It's the best block in football to me because it's some guy that probably may not even want to be on the field and he's just lollygagging down the sideline and somebody just takes him out right there. Well, what happens is, y'all know what's coming, don't you? What happens is Dally Warner intercepts the ball and he turns and he starts the other direction. No, Dally doesn't intercept the ball. He's out there at, at the corner and the guy that intercepted turns and starts running towards our end zone. And I said, he intercepted the ball. And Dally turns around and here's this guy running, looking at the ball and he just levels him. And I go, booyah! <laughs> and I realized at that point I left the mic on. So that was amplified about... 2,000 times over, and half the stands looked up there, and I, oh, I left the mic on. I did not not mean to do that. That was a shout for joy. I mean, that was just letting it go. Look what just happened, and I'm going to shout for joy. Well, that's what God is talking about here. He's talking about make a joyful shout to the Lord. And that's talking about our rejoicing. Now, I'm not saying this morning that, that in church we need to just holler, Booyah! But, but if it comes to us and we realize God has delivered us, He says, shout for joy. In 1 Corinthians 14.40, He says, let things be done decently and orderly within the church. But, but let me give you an assignment this week. Sometimes this week when you think about all that God has done and you, you realize that you're in His presence and you realize that you, you're in joyfully praising Him, then shout to the Lord with gladness. Shout to the Lord with joy because that's what the Bible says. If you're out there by yourself somewhere and you begin to look around and you just find joy, shout to the Lord a praise, a word of joy this week. If your neighbors think you're crazy, that's okay because you're not shouting to them. You're shouting to the Lord that sign of praise. So this week, as God shows you His blessings and follow through is what we find here in Psalms, shout to the Lord a word of praise. The second thing that God says here is we're thinking about He wants us to rejoice is He, he in verse 2, God's requirement is to, to serve the Lord with joyfulness or serve the Lord with, with joy. You know, it's, it's interesting to me, and, and I want to back up just a second. I love to hunt. And I love to go out before daylight and set. And, and what's the first thing that you hear at the very crack of dawn, what starts happening? The birds. 
I mean, you start hearing chirping, you start hearing singing, you start hearing all kinds of things perking up. And, and in my mind, what are they doing? They're, they're shouting for joy to the Lord. And you know, the, the, the Bible says that He sees the sparrows. We're going to talk about that. And He, he clothes those things. And, and He inhabits the praise also of His creation. But how much more should we be shouting for joy as we come into the presence of the Lord? So we serve with joy. And it says here that we're to serve the, joy, the Lord with gladness in Second Thessalonians verse 13, chapter 3. It says this, do not grow weary in doing good as some have. You know, sometimes we do that, don't we? We give in to that. We, we're trying to do good. We're trying to live good. And sometimes we get weary. And I think that's why we can look here and, and we can find that there's a commandment here to serve with gladness. And when we do that, God renews our strength. If we're getting weary, if we're getting burdened down, we need to back up and we need to find joy in our serving the Lord. In the early 2000s, Martin and Garcia Burnham was American missionaries in the Philippines. On May the 27th, 2001, uh, Garcia and Martin were kidnapped by Islamic terrorists. At the time, they were visiting a resort for their 18th wedding anniversary and hoping for some ransom money. The terrorists held them, and more than a year they kept them. On June the 7th, 2002, the Philippine army moved in to rescue the hostages. During that time, Martin was killed by a stray bullet and Garcia was wounded. But, but at, memor- at Martin's memorial service, this is what was reported. The last thing the couple did before the raid was to pray together. And Martin told his wife, we might not leave this jungle alive, but at least we can leave this world serving the Lord with gladness. We can serve Him right here, right where we are, and we can serve with gladness. You know, folks, we can serve the Lord wherever we are, whatever our circumstance, and we can serve the Lord with gladness. And that's what... The psalmist here says, if we're going to rejoice in the Lord, we need to serve Him with gladness. Here's the, here's the third thing, the requirement is this, sing with joy. Now we, we talked about shouting to the Lord, that joyful noise, but now he talks about singing. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence or come before His courts with singing. God wants us to sing and overflow with joy in His presence. When we have an opportunity to sing, sing our praises out to God, that, that hopefully is not just on Sunday morning. But, but when God puts a song in your heart, just sing to Him with gladness. The birds will still chirp. If they're the only ones that hear you, they may tune out for just a moment, but, but sing to the Lord with, with a joyful heart. And, and there's a place for worship. There's a place for emotions in worship. There's a place for, for different things in worship. But, but don't leave out the joy. And as we sing to the Lord, God obviously wants us to, to bring our joy before Him in singing. So as we have opportunities, sing out to the Lord with joy. Now, if you're singing out to the Lord with joy, that doesn't mean you have to hollow out, you know. It doesn't mean you have to be the, the loudest singer in the building. That's okay if you are. But, but you know, we can, we can sing to the Lord in joy and, and simply barely be audible because God's going to hear us. So I, I'm saying as we have opportunities, lift your voice in praise and song to the Lord. Here's the fourth requirement. 
It's a requirement to get closer to the Lord, to take a step. Now, I want, I want to explain this just a little bit. It says, enter into His courts with thanksgiving. Enter into His, or his gates with thanksgiving. Enter His courts with praise. And be thankful in Him and bless His name. Getting closer to the Lord. Enter His courts with praise and enter His gates with thanksgiving. Now, what does that mean? Well, when, when this was written, there was a temple. And around this temple... Uh, there was a court, and we find here it says a, a couple of places, enter his courts, and enter his courts with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. So, so there's a court built around this temple, and within these courts, it's broken up into sections. So there was one section there for the Gentiles. Of course, the Gentiles couldn't come close to the temple. So as this area was broken up for the Gentiles, there was a, a court for uh, the women... And, and then a little bit closer, there was a court for the men. And then a little bit closer, there was a, there was a, a court for the Holy of Holies. And so, so in this setting of the temple, you had the, the presence of God in the Holy of Holies. That was in the center. And then outside of that, there was a group for the priests only. And then outside of that was a place for the Jews only. And then outside of that, there was a place for the Gentiles and, and the Gentile men. And then outside of that, there was a place for the Gentile women. So, so we see these courts and we see how they're set up. And so as the psalmist is writing this, he's saying as we enter his courts, as we enter into his presence, come with thanksgiving, come with praise. And, and as we go on and study this, it talks about getting closer to the Lord. So the picture that we would see here if we were if we were reading this and we were Jews or even if we were Gentiles during this time we would be having the picture of I'm going to get closer to that holy of holies I'm going to move a little closer I'm going to get as close as I can even those are the point I'm going to have to stop well when Jesus Christ came and we we read what happened what happened to the veil in the temple the Bible says it was torn from the top to the bottom. You know what that means? Up to that point, only the priest could enter the Holy of Holies and only one time a year. So when Jesus says this, I've destroyed those things. I've rent the, temp, the, 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 the curtain from the top to the bottom. I've, I've torn it open. I've destroyed the courts. And as my children, you enter into my presence. Today, we're in the very presence of God. We're not in a, a court away or, or three sections away. We, we can come into the very presence of God. And, and when we read this, and that's a requirement that we take a joyful step closer to the Lord. No longer do we have to go through a priest. No longer are there some steps that we go through. God says, through the blood of Jesus Christ, I've made a way that, that we seek God face to face. And we become closer to Him face to face. And in that... That's going to that's gonna help us rejoice knowing that we are in the very presence of God and there's nothing that stands between the presence of God and who we are and who you are. Nobody stands before that. You, you stand before God as much as a priest stands before God, as much as the preacher stands before God, as much as the Sunday school te- teacher stands before You stand at equal space between God and you stand in His presence. And when we do that, we rejoice. So there's some great commandments for us to rejoice. Serve with joy. uh, Shout with joy. Sing with joy. Come closer to the Lord with joy. To to kind of sum that up, it says rejoice with your lips and rejoice with your life. Rejoice with your lips and your hands and your feet and and rejoice in in the Lord always. Those are the requirements. But here's the last half. 
What if your joy level is just low? I mean, it's low today, and, and God gives us some reasons to rejoice, and that's what we're going to look at. Last week, we talked about this, and I hope you're reminded how valuable you are to God. You're so valuable that He sent His only Son to die for you. That's, that's the value that God has on you, on each one of us here. So today, we're going we're to look at some more things that will help us if our joy level is a little bit low. Rejoice over our creation by God. Listen to what it says, verse 3. Know that the Lord, He is God, and He has made us. Now, if you want to read that and you want to mark in your Bibles there, know that the Lord, He is God, and it is He who has made me. For each one of us, we can read that there. We're not changing the Scripture. God has made you. And and we're not ourselves. We're created by God. And here's something to rejoice over. God created you. You know, He didn't have to do that. No, my parents created me. No, 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 no. God created you. He may have used the vessel of your parents, but God created you. And we are to rejoice in the fact of knowing that, that God has created you. He didn't have to make you, but He did. So we need to rejoice in that. We need to rejoice in that fact. And, and knowing this, God knows you. How valuable is that? God says He knows us so well over in Matthew, and I don't have that scripture this morning, that, that He's talking about the, the sparrows in the field and, and how, how they, they, don't, they don't go out and they don't have to do certain things and God cares for them and He sees each one of them. He says this, I know you so well that I know the number of hairs on your head. Now, now for some of you, that's not a very big ledger, but, but he, he, knows, he knows you that well. That even the hairs of your head He knows. How valuable are you to God? When He can say, I know everything about you and and, and you are so valuable to me. I've created you and and I know every area of you. Think about the the awesomeness of God that, that created the whole universe in just a few words. That spoke everything we see in existence. And because of His creation, He looked around and He said, I want to share that with someone and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create you. And I'm going to put you in this place because you're that valuable. When we think about that and when you're running a little bit low on joy, go back and say, you know what? God has created me. And that causes me to rejoice in the daily walk, Navigator's daily walk. It, it put Isaiah 40 into perspective. I want to read this real quick. It says, the oceans of the world contain more than 340 quintillion gallons of water. Yet God holds them in the hollow of His hand. This is Isaiah chapter 40, verse 12. The earth weighs six sextillion metric tons. Yet to God it's all like dust on scales. That's according to verse 12. The known universe stretches more than 90 billion light years. But God measures that by the width of His hand. Verse 12. Scientists claim that there are at least 100 billion galaxies in the universe. Each galaxy is made up of about 100 billion stars. But in Isaiah 40, verse 26, it said, God knows each star by name. That's the awesomeness of God. That's who God is, and that awesome God created you. 
And He places value in you. And when you find yourself running low on that joy, just be reminded that you've been created by God for Him, for His pleasure, and you've been created by a masterful Creator, and He loves you. And, they, and maybe that helps us get back to that, that point of rejoicing. Here's the second thing. Rejoice over our relationship with God. Again in verse 3. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, and we are not ourselves. Listen, we are His people, and we are sheep of His pasture. Here we see God's relationship with His people. Think about the connection we see there. Know that the Lord, He is God. He is He who made us, and we're not of ourselves, but we are people, and we are sheep of His pasture. And that word know... It, it's not just talking about facts and information. It's not just talking about, you know, I, I know this, I have these facts, I have this information. It's not just a head knowledge. It's talking about a heart knowledge. It's talking about, about knowing the Lord in a close, personal way. And when we do that, we, the word know, the same word in the Old Testament, it's used a, a relationship between a husband and wife. And, and the Lord, and that, that word that the Lord's using here, that word know means that kind of intimate relationship that we would know God in that same manner, in that same fashion. And, and God uses this, this word to point us to spiritual oneness we have with Him. So if we're running low on that joy, just remember this, that we can know the Lord. We can have that, that personal relationship, and that's His desire for us. And we're His people, but He also says we're sheep. Now, I could spend more time than I've got talking about sheep. Denise grew up with sheep, showing sheep and, and taking care of sheep. I was a cow man myself, so uh, I can go back to the John Wayne days. I always made fun of her sheep, Miss Daisy. Her sheep name was Daisy. Hey, Miss Daisy. But anyway, the, the, the sheep of her pastor. So, so why do we need, what, what does that re- reference to sheep? If if you know much about sheep, then then we you know that that sheep need a shepherd, don't they? Because sheep are are have a tendency to stray, and and sheep have a, a tendency to wander off and to get into trouble, and and they're just kind of that way. And and so the the folks reading this during that time, they would have understood. Hey, if you don't take care of your sheep, they're going to wander off. They're going to stray off. They're going to go out and get in trouble. So, so as, as those folks during that time who had had a lot to do with sheep, they would have understood that, that the writer here is saying, hey, we're like sheep, and, and God's like our shepherd. He's going to lead us to places to drink, places to eat. He's going to protect us. And matter of fact, when we, when we read this, we realize in Psalms 23 where the psalmist says, The Lord is my shepherd. And we realize that what, what the David's talking about is the good shepherd. And in John chapter 10, 11, and 12, where Jesus says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus said this, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives life, give his, gave his life or gives his life for his sheep. And Jesus proved that when he died on the cross. He said, I'm the good shepherd. I, I laid down my life to protect my sheep. I gave all that I was and all that I am to protect my sheep. And so when we're running low on joy, remember that we're God's people. And we're like sheep in His pasture. And He's like the good shepherd that's going to watch over, that's going to care for us, that's going to lead us, that's going to provide for us, that's going to take us in the directions that we need to go. Verse 3 says, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us. We are not ourselves, but we are His people. 
and were sheep of his pasture. We are to rejoice in that relationship with God. Here's the last thing. We need to rejoice over the reputation of God. Look at verse 4 and 5. It speaks to us about this great reputation of God. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise and be thankful to him. And bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures for all generations. The Lord is good. Think about the the goodness of the Lord. God is perfect. He's never even sinned, not even one time. And and since Jesus Christ is God, He's never sinned. Imagine that. Not in word, not in deed. He, He came to earth. He gave us that perfect example. And you know what? We can bank on it. And because of that, we can rejoice for the Lord is good. We can rejoice for His mercy endures forever. We can rejoice because His truth endures all generations. You know, our, our world is filled with sin, and, and our world largely runs on lies, if you think about it. That's kind of how we run, on, on untruthfulness. But, but God's truth will endure forever. In, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, listen, this is where we'll close. Heaven and earth will pass away. This is Jesus, but my words shall never pass away. They're going to endure forever. You know what? We can, we can rejoice over the reputation that we have in God. I want to ask you to bow your heads with me this morning, and I hope today you rejoice. If you're running a little bit low on, on joy today, think about the fact that God has created you. He's placed a great amount of value in you and that He gave His Son to die that we might have life. We can rejoice in the fact that we're God's children. We're God's people. We're sheep of His pasture. We can rejoice in the fact of knowing that even though we have a tendency to stray, even though we have a tendency to wander off into trouble, we have a shepherd that that brings us back. You know, we ought to do a sermon, uh, a study one day on shepherds. You know, shepherds are... Or they, they love their sheep, but there's, sometimes they have to crack them over the head, get them to go back where they need to be. That, that doesn't mean God doesn't love us. It means he's our shepherd and he knows we need protection. There's a, there's a hook on the end of that, that shepherd's staff, and, and that's to reach down and pick up those sheep when they fall into crevices and things and places they don't need to be. He can, he can bring them back into line. We can rejoice in the fact of knowing that when we become a child of God, He's there, and, and whether He cracks us on the head or whether He has to take that hook and pull us back into line, whatever it may be, He does those things because He loves us and He values us so much. Rejoice in the fact that you have a citizen. You are a citizen of heaven. Rejoice for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures for all generations. Shout with joy, serve with joy, sing with joy, and rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Father, this morning, I pray as we've looked at Your Word, as we've seen Your Psalms, and we've seen Your own words, Lord, it's obvious that You want us, Your children, to rejoice in You. Father, when we look around and and see the greatness of your creation. We look around and we see the many blessings you've poured out upon us as families, not only as families, but, Father, even in America, 
Lord, we realize that we are a blessed nation. And Father, there's so many that don't realize that, but I pray that we that do would rejoice in you. I pray, Father, we'd learn not to focus on all the negative, but we'd look around and just see the beauty and the majesty of your creation. And Father, we would find ourselves uh, wrapped up in your love, knowing that you provide, that you've provided for jobs and uh, growth and uh, abundance of things we have. And we, we just... We give you all the praise, all the thanksgiving, all the glory today. I pray as we leave, we'd have a song within our heart. I pray, Lord, this week as we find ourselves wrapped up in you in the midst of, of song and praise, we would shout to you a word of praise. And, Father, I pray we'd do this, that we might find joy, but we might also bring you joy. And I pray this now in the name of Jesus. Amen.